Thank you. Please be seated. This time I'll call on Brother John Stead to share a devotion before the Lord's table. Thank you. It's great to have a Heavenly Father who loves us. If you could take your Bibles and turn to Romans 5. And it's going to be a little bit like back to the future. So this is the scripture we're going to end with. We're going to read first a few things that did a deep dive on the Lord's Supper and what it means. And there's a few things that when you look at it on the surface, we see that Jesus Christ instituted this and one of the two of the church ordinances that we have is the believer's baptism and the Lord's Supper. The Lord's Supper was instituted by Jesus Christ himself to commemorate his death. It's to symbolize a new covenant and to point to the fellowship of a redeemed people gathered at his table and to anticipate the Messianic banquet is yet to come. The Lord's Supper traces its symbolic roots back to the Passover at the mealtime of the Exodus. It was instituted by Jesus at the time of his final meal with his disciples. The bread and the cup point to its, his broken body and his shed blood and the definitive symbols of the new covenant in Christ. The very existence of the people in the Old Testament was grounded in the work of the deliverance that God brought about at the Exodus. He visited judgment on the land of Egypt for their mistreatment of Israel, but he did so. He provided the means of salvation for his people. A lamb would be slaughtered and the blood of the lamb would be put on the door frames of the houses of God's people. When the angel of death passed over the homes where the blood's, uh, lamb's blood was visible, these would be spared the plague of death of the firstborn son. And in a very tangible sense, the blood of the lamb, instead of the firstborn dying, and you see the people of Israel would eat this supper with bitter herbs and unleavened bread as they prepared to flee. The Passover meal was a continual reminder to the great salvation that God brought about his covenant people through a great act of judgment. So we see in the upper room the final uh, supper there that Jesus Christ brings about his disciples. And he says, As they were eating, Jesus took bread and after blessing it, broke it and gave it to the disciples. He says, Take, eat. This is my body. And he took a cup. And when he had given thanks, saying the same, Drink of, drink of it. All of you, for this is the blood, my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for the many, for the forgiveness of sins. Jesus symbolically associated the bread and the cup with his body, which soon would be broken. The blood is the blood of the covenant, the new covenant that Jesus would institute through his death and resurrection. As a Passover meal served as a foundational meal of the old covenant, taking place on the brink of the foundational new covenant, taking place that Jesus Christ would have to take on the cross. As the Passover meal served as a reminder of the redemption of the Lord achieved for his people and bringing them out of the bondage of Egypt, so too this supper becomes a powerful reminder of the redemption of the Lord Jesus Christ achieved for his people in releasing us from the slavery of sin. This meal is then the foundational and enduring symbol of the new covenant. The significance of it. Jesus' words of institution make it clear that this meal serves as a symbol of the new covenant and the remembrance of his death. When Jesus said that this is my body and this is my blood, what does this exactly mean? 
In speaking of spiritual danger of participating in idolatrous feasts, Paul draws attention to the fact that the Lord's Supper is a blessing that we bless and it's not petition, not just a participation of the blood of Christ. The bread that we break is the participation of the body of Christ in which sense that Jesus Christ shed his blood on the cross as a reminder that we are all sinners and that we need redemption through that act. Looking at it from a Baptist point of view, we see the Swiss reformer Hendrik Swigley and it's held in some form and many, many Baptists believe the same thing, that this is his body and the wine, which is his blood, is significant. It's not literally that we are in bringing God down to earth and we're eating his body and drinking his blood, but more so the sacrifice of this is the cross. At the cross it was complete. It's a pictorial reminder. There's something called fencing the table, which I'd never realised, which we talked about. Whoever, therefore, eats the bread and drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty concerning the body and the blood of the Lord. Let a person examine themselves, and so to eat of the bread and drink of the cup. For anyone who eats and drinks without discerning the body, eats and drinks judgment on themselves. Evidently, the situation at Corinth, when Paul pointed this out, it was used as a fact that people were bringing their bread and their wine and getting drunk and not looking after others. And it's also considering too, it's often when I've heard pastor talk about this, that we encourage careful self-examination of a believer, making it clear to unbelievers that the present supper is not for them. Added to this, the church leaders need to exercise discipline and so to keep the table those who are living unrepentantly. Sometimes this responsibility can be referred to as fencing the table. It's putting a place around the table apparent appropriate barriers of warning and discipline to guard against participation by those who are not living in faith, repentance and charitable harmony with the people of God. So where to look during the supper? The scriptures encourage us to look in a number of directions. First, we're to look back in gratitude to Jesus and his death on the cross. Secondly, we are to look around at the bodies of believers with whom we share the supper. It is something we do as we come together and discern the body of Christ as we eat. It is significant that we share this meal as a local church community and not to partake of it individually in our homes, sharing the bread together as a sign of fundamental unity. We also look to heaven where the risen and ascended Christ intercedes for us as our great high priest. And finally, we look forward to the day when he will return. The celebration of the supper serves as a proclamation of Jesus' death, which anticipates his return. Jesus himself, when he instituted the supper, ate it in anticipation of the future. And so it is also recorded as the marriage supper of the Lamb, spoken of in the book of Revelation. And in finishing, John chapter 6, verses 48 and 51, Jesus refers to himself as the bread of life and from the bread of heaven. Jesus said, I am the vine. The term is a reference to whom God calls himself. The reputed reputed use of the word I am suggests that the name God gave to Moses was to call him I am who I am. Jesus implying that he is the vine from which all life comes, that he is indeed God as the Son. Jesus speaks of himself as the true vine, the one who will bear good fruit to his Father's approval and glory. The key verb here is to abide, to live, 
to remain. This means that we are constantly in communion with the Lord through prayer, reading and studying his word, fellowshipping with local members of the church, admonishing one another and sharing what the Lord has supplied for us. And we should never forget those words out of Romans 5, 6 to 11, which states, For when we were without strength in due time, Christ died for the ungodly. For scarcely for a righteous man will one die, but peradventure for a good man some would even dare to die. But God.